All right, well, welcome back to our study in systematic theology. We are on number 40. We're looking at effectual calling. Uh, last time, just to review election and reprobation. And then looking forward, next time we'll be looking at justification by faith alone. Uh, we're going to follow our similar for format here. We're going to, uh, by way of introduction, look at an article uh, dealing with effectual calling. And then we will pause and watch our, our video together. And then we'll come back and we're going to look at chapter 10 of our confession, which is um, on effectual calling. And we'll go ahead and look at that whole chapter and have some discussions. And, uh, and then next time we'll, we'll go through our, our overview sheet and look at our questions. All right, so let's look at this article. It starts with uh, a quote from Romans 8, uh, verses 29 through 31. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. That's from verse 30. Which comes first, faith or the new birth? The answer of much Christendom is that faith comes first, and then when God sees that we have graciously put faith in him, he gives us a new birth. The Bible actually teaches the reverse. God gives us a new birth, and we cry out to him in faith as a result. Part of the problem here is that many Christians fail to distinguish between the external call of the gospel and the internal call of the Holy Spirit. They say that God calls all men externally, and then when some men repent and believe, God gives them new life. It is true that God calls all men, but it is not true that God gives them new life based on their repentance and faith. Rather, while God calls all men externally, he only calls his own internally. Those who truly respond to the external call are those who have been internally called by God and given new birth. They then respond in faith to the external call. Notice Romans 8.28. It says that all things work together for good to those who have been called by God. Does this refer to the external call of the gospel or to the internal call of God's spirit? Clearly, it refers to the latter. People who are externally called and who then reject the gospel will go to hell. All things will not be working for their good in hell. Consider also Romans 8.30. It says that those who are called by God are justified and glorified. If this referred to the external call of the gospel, it would mean that all people are justified and glorified. In fact, of course, it refers to God's internal call. The doctrine of the internal call cannot be avoided if we take the Bible seriously, and it leaves no room for man to play part in his own salvation. Why do some people respond to the gospel? Because God called them. Why do others not respond? Because God did not call them. The call produces new life. Ephesians 2, 1-5 says that we are dead before God called us and quickened us. A dead man cannot respond to anything. He cannot cooperate with any kind of call, external or internal. Like Lazarus in the grave, he cannot come back to life unless God raises him. God's call, like that of Jesus, calls Lazarus from the grave. All right, that was our brief introduction. Let's go ahead and pause and watch our video. All right, so let's go over our over, overview sheet for effectual calling. Um, introduction. What does God do when he intervenes in a person's life to bring them to faith? Here we address the important question and distinguish between the views of monergism and synergism. Does God alone change the heart of the sinner, 
Or does this change of heart rest also on the willingness of the sinner? Overview. The sovereignty of divine grace makes necessary a discussion of exactly what God does to draw a person to himself. Both Augustine and Pelagius still have their representatives in our time as they try to explain how some, someone comes to Christ. To what degree is grace necessary? Is the sinner's first step in turning from death to life accomplished monergistically or synergistically? Monergism means one worker or work alone. Synergism means cooperation. Is regeneration a unilateral work of God or does the Holy Spirit add his power to our own? In Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, it is made clear that God is giving spiritual life to dead men. The dead do not cooperate. Lazarus was not invited to come out of the tomb, rather he was commanded. Then he cooperated. God proves his rich mercy and love by saving dead men. We are justified through faith, but faith is not something we generate. Dead people don't have faith. Unless we are born again, i.e. regenerate, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. A major difference between Reformed theology and many others is that most believe that faith precedes regeneration. However, since the days of Paul, the church has argued that regeneration precedes faith. You cannot persuade a dead man to live. You cannot change people's hearts. Neither can they change their own. Then who chooses Christ? Does God choose for us? Grace is a necessary part of salvation, but is it effectual or irresistible? Do dead people struggle or resist? The Arminian view does not take seriously the deadness of the nature of man. Why do some become believers and others do not? Are some more righteous than others or smarter? If God has left salvation up to us, then some are clearly superior to others. The Christian would then have reason to boast, counter to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Romans 8, 28 through 30 teaches that there is a chain, a series of logical events which take place in all those who are saved. All who are internally called by the Holy Spirit are eventually glorified. So let's look at our, our questions and answers as way of review here. What does monergism mean? It means one worker. The Greek word mono means only or one, and the Greek word ergon means work. The Bible presents salvation as a monergistic work of God. Does faith precede generation in the order of salvation? No. The Reformed view is that regeneration must precede faith. We are spiritually dead and cannot respond to the gospel in faith until we have been given new life. What example did we look at to illustrate effectual calling? And that was the example of Lazarus. He could do nothing until Christ raised him from the dead. Only then could he walk out of the tomb. What is effectual calling sometimes referred to as? Irresistible grace. God's grace cannot be thwarted in its purpose. In that sense, it is irresistible. When people proclaim that they chose God, what is the attitude underlying their thinking? That they are more righteous than some. I am worthy to be saved is what they are implying, unlike some others who are unworthy to be saved. 
Everyone who is called is also what? Justified. According to Romans 8, all who are predestined will be called by the Holy Spirit. All who are called will be justified. All who are justified will be glorified. All right, quick discussion here. What is the definition of monergism? Working alone. Yeah, working alone. What is the definition of synergism? Working together with help. Yeah, a cooperation effort, yeah. Does regeneration precede faith, or does faith precede regeneration, and why? Okay, regeneration precedes faith. Now, why is that? Well, because we're spiritually dead. Right, because of our spiritual deadness, uh, we cannot uh, respond in faith. We have to be regenerated first. All right, define effectual grace. Effectual grace or effectual calling, which is our subject here. So we're basically, we're talking about the calling of the Holy Spirit, right? So the Holy Spirit calls us to be regenerate, right? We have to have a newness of life. We have to be called out of the spiritual deadness we're in. We have to effectively be called through God's grace in order to be regenerate so that we may then have the capacity to even have faith. Okay, makes sense. Any, any questions on our session on effectual calling? Okay, now let's, uh, let's look at our confession. I'm going to read from chapter 10, which is entitled, Of Effectual Calling. And there's four paragraphs here, so I'm going to go ahead and read the paragraphs. I would encourage uh, anyone listening to look up some of these Bible references, these footnotes that go along with the paragraphs. Uh, I will mention them. I won't go through them now. That would take a little too long, but uh, I will uh, mention them so you can look them up on your own. All right, from our confession, chapter 10 of Effectual Calling, paragraph 1. Those whom God hath predestined unto life... He is pleased in his appointed and accepted time effectually to call by his word and spirit out of the state of sin and death in which they are by nature to grace and salvation by Jesus Christ, enlightening their minds spiritually and savingly to understand the things of God, taking away their heart of stone and giving to them a heart of flesh, renewing their wills, and by his almighty power determining them to to that which is good, and effectually drawing them to Jesus Christ. Yet so as they come most freely, being made willing by his grace. So I think you can see um, here, like what we talked about, what Dr. Paul talked about in the video, um, it's mentioned uh, here about our wills being changed and about coming most freely. So we now have a will once we've been called uh, by the Holy Spirit. We have a will indeed to seek Christ. Um, 
again, I said I mentioned the footnotes for those listening who want to look them up. Um, Romans 8.30 and 11.7, Ephesians 1.10 and 11, 2 Thessalonians 2.13 and 14, Ephesians 2.1 through 6, Acts 26.18, Ephesians 1.17 and 18, Ezekiel 36.26, Deuteronomy 36, Ezekiel 36, 27, Ephesians 1, 19, Psalm 110.3, Song of Solomon 1, 4. All right, paragraph two. This effectual call is of God's free and special grace alone, not from anything at all foreseen in man, nor from any power or agency in the creature co-working with his special grace, the creature being wholly passive therein, being dead in sins and trespasses, until being quickened and renewed by the Holy Spirit. He is thereby enabled to answer this call and to embrace the grace offered and conveyed in it, and that by no less power than that which raised up Christ from the dead. Again, we can see here some of what was discussed in the video talking about being truly spiritually dead and un unable to make a choice in our spiritual death. And also, you know, mentioning um, the prescient view, uh, this, this kind of, our confession here is kind of opposed to that. If you see, it says, not from anything at all foreseen in man. Uh, so the references, 2 Timothy 1.9, Ephesians 2.8, 1 Corinthians 2.14, Ephesians 2.5, John 5.25, and Ephesians 1.19 and 20. Paragraph 3. Elect infants dying in infancy are regenerated and saved by Christ through the Spirit who works when and where and how he pleases. So also are all other elect persons who are incapable of being outwardly called by the ministry of the word. Here we see that the calling is an act of God through his Holy Spirit. So it is not an act of man. So this is, this is one of the problems, um, honestly, with the semi-Pelagianism or Arminianism is that, you know, simply waiting for man to choose God. Well, if that were the case, then, then infants would not be able to do that. Uh, mentally incapable people would not be able to do that. And so they would be without any hope. But we don't have that problem if we believe that God is the one who calls man out of their death, their spiritual death. So references, John 3, 3, 5, and 6, John 3, 8. Finally, paragraph 4. Others not elected, although they may be called by the ministry of the word and may have some common operations of the spirit, yet not being effectually Yet not being effectually drawn by the Father, they neither will nor can truly come to Christ, and therefore cannot be saved. Much less can men that do not receive the Christian religion be saved, be they never so diligent to frame their lives according to the light of nature and the law of that religion they do profess. So again, this is just kind of a restatement, right, that it is the work of the Spirit that effectually calls us and draws us to the Father. Uh, and that the, the non-elect in their spiritual death do not have the ability to seek God. Um, references, Matthew twenty two fourteen 
13, 20, and 21, Hebrews 6, 4, and 5, John 6, 44, 45, and 65, 1 John 2, 24, and 25, Acts 4, 12, John 4, 22, and 17, 3. All right. So any uh, any questions or thoughts on what our uh, confession has to say about effectual calling, what we've looked at tonight? Any, uh, any thoughts about the uh, video or any questions about the video as well? Is it pretty clear? Do you see the obvious, <laughs> the obvious problems with the idea that someone who is spiritually dead would choose on their own to seek out God, how that doesn't work. Um, that not only denies the spiritual death that we're in, it also denies the total depravity of man as well. All right, well, hopefully this was a, a good session. Um, enjoyed it. Let's go ahead and... Uh, close things up in prayer. God and our Father, uh, Lord, we just thank you that you have brought us together to study your word. We pray that through your spirit you have continued to illuminate us. Pray that you have given us clear minds to better understand your truth. We thank you um, that through your, your sovereignty, Lord, uh, that you have uh, chosen your people. And we thank you, Lord, that it is not of uh, any works of man that we may boast. Um, we just, we ask that we would be uh, filled with this understanding, but also um, still have a uh, heart uh, for the lost and, and pray uh, that in your sovereign grace uh, that you may call some of them um, to, to draw them to you. We understand, Lord, that we can never, we can never preach or talk someone into the kingdom. That this is the will of your, uh, your doing, and that this is the work of your Spirit. Uh, but we pray that we would be diligent to proclaim your truth, to proclaim your gospel, so that you, in in your will, may uh, choose to use that um, to to work regeneration in your people, Lord. We thank you again. Uh, for the freedom to come together. And we just ask that you protect us, guide us, and watch over us as we go about our week and, and return to our homes. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.